Welcome to the Simple Theologians. I'm Dan. I'm Mike. And we are the, the Simple, Simple Theologians. Theologians. <laughs> Way to go. I hate the intro every, <laughs> every time it sucks. All right. Hey, um, so we're glad you're you're with us here this week. And uh, this is our first week, really, of, uh, of 2019, where we are combining the Doubt on Tap after show and the Simple Theologian podcast, bringing it all together into one one big deal. So if you're listening to this via the Doubt on Tap uh, podcast feed, know that you've only got a few more weeks left of, uh, of podcast updates there, and, uh, and you're going to want to switch over to uh, the Simple Theologian podcast. So uh, go anywhere that you subscribe to your podcast from, iTunes, Google Play, wherever, and uh, you can you can find us there under the, the Simple Theologians. So, um, yeah, Mike, you've been good. Uh, yeah, I've been super busy. Yeah, we're uh, we're going on vacation in a couple weeks, and oh. and for me in the small churches, uh, that means I have to have I have to do all the work that I would have done those two weeks. You just got to do it before, before. <laughs> and have it all ready. And on top of that, when I come back, we have. Uh, our our big pledge drive for the year, so I have to have all of that set because nice. there's a lot that goes into that. I had I have at least at least twelve more pieces of writing I have to do uh, before we go, and and so yesterday I'm I'm working on some of it. I get one piece done. I'm getting ready to start on another one, and I get a phone call in from my friend Jake, yeah, uh, who's in the Air Force Reserve, and his family's in Florida, and he's in Connecticut, and he wants to move back down there. And the only position available in the reserves on base that he wants to be at is uh, assistant chaplain. Nice. Uh, but it's only one position, and if he doesn't get it, he's, he's got to, like, join the Navy reserves and so he can get down there kind yeah. of thing. So he calls and he says, hey, do you think you could write me a letter of recommendation? <laughs> and I'm like, I guess. When do you need it? Today. <laughs> oh, that hurts. Yeah. Well, so, so I wrote a quick letter of recommendation. And you should just have some of those on file and just swap out the names. Yeah. it's well, You know what I mean? I could probably do that. I mean, you know, nobody's going to care. Nobody actually reads them. I think they just want to see that they actually I like come in. I like to pretend that people care about what I write, just no, like care, I pretend people they, care about what I preach. They care about what you write, but the people who are taking these letters of recommendation don't care. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah, they just want to <laughs> see that, that this person knows somebody. So, hey, big day on the podcast. Um, I'm super excited. This is... This is uh, it's kind of a first for us. Like, we've had a guest before. Yeah, we've got multiple guests rolling in this I'm, week. I'm, I'm so pumped, man. Super cool. Um, so, we have... Uh, we have two guests rolling in. We've got uh, Billy Kangas from uh, Hope Clinic uh, coming in. He's going to hang out. He's actually already here. Say so hi, y- Billy. Hi. There you go. Because <laughs> here's the deal, Billy. Nobody can see you, so you'll have to you'll have to use your words today. I will try to enter that paradigm. Atta baby. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so we'll catch a little bit more of Billy's story here in just a minute. And, uh, and then for the Down on Tap after show, uh, we have a uh, special guest, uh, Ryan Thibodeau, and uh, he is uh, our atheist theologian. Yeah, and I can't remember what his exact role is now with um, Atheists of America, but it's like a regional director kind of thing where he's giving leadership to uh, the state of Michigan. And um, so he's going to be here to, to help us kind of debrief on the whole 
discussion of separation of church and state from Tuesday night. So outstanding. That'll be fun, and uh, yeah, it's 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 gonna be a good day. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it can be a banner episode, man. That's right. I was actually like on time this morning, even though, and then I had to leave <laughs> and still was late because yeah, yeah. I on time forgot the extra microphone. Right. Even after I sent him a message last night yeah. that says, "Don't forget, we need an extra microphone." <laughs> you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk it up to the fact that I got a tetanus shot yesterday. That's, Did you really? Yeah, that's the. Excuse. Did you like step on a nail or something? No, I actually. Your update. I had my first doctor appointment in about oh, ten years. That's right. So. How, I'm not dead. Uh, how I'm scared are they? They're not at all. I, everything's really? normal. That's it, surprising. I'm fat, but other than that, <laughs> everything's normal. So we're, um, yeah, so I had to get a tetanus shot because it was due. So I'm going to chalk that up to my uh, to my memory skip. All so, right. Um, anyway, it's let's. It's not like uh, I ain't going to forgive you. Huh? It's not like I ain't going to forgive you. Oh, I know. All but right. you will mock me mercilessly for the rest of my yeah, life. Yeah, because that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> you you're more subtle in your mocking, <laughs> your ongoing mocking. Yes, I just grow a beard. Yeah, screw you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all right. Hey, um, each week we like to take a couple minutes and for a segment that we like to call. What did I read this week? So, Mike, what this, did you read this, this week? Is, this is this is going to be the year. Where, like, I've actually read stuff that isn't just sci-fi fantasy crap. Um, Although, I got to tell you, I had drinks with a guy last night um, who I met through the Liturgist's uh, ch- Slack channel. Yeah. And uh, and he was he pulled up our Simple Theologian podcast, and he's like, dude, you guys read Jim Butcher? <laughs> and I, was like, awesome. I, I was like, I don't, but yeah, my buddy I does, do. and he's like... Dude, I'm coming on Tuesday night. I got to meet this guy. Awesome, because Jim Butcher's awesome. He I was is. like, Jim what? Butcher's phenomenal. So anyway, your your creepy sci-fi crap, um, yeah. is is winning people hearts and minds. Well, that's awesome. I still I still do it. I, right, I, well, but, I'm, but I'm but right, so I'm. So, so what did you read? I, what I did this week is I uh, um, finished up. Uh, uh, what is it? Um, Present over perfect. Uh, Great book. Yeah, Great uh, by book. by Shauna Nyquist, who is the daughter of uh, Bill Hybels. Uh, from Willow Creek in yep. in, Ch- in uh, Illinois, and her husband are like actively undoing all Willow Creekness, yes, in, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, I I I first heard about her on uh, the Relevant podcast years ago. She was on there once in a while as a uh, a co-host uh, type person, um, and there was just something something about the the title that spoke to me. Yeah. Uh, and I really, I really appreciated the uh, the permission the book gives to slow down, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and to stop uh, seeking the the approval of others, to stop thinking that just because you can do something that you have to do it, or that just because it bears fruit you have to do it, uh, no matter what it costs you in your life and in your yeah. family and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, really good book. Cool. Really w- well written. Yeah, it's super good. F- funny like, in yep. parts and it's just right. Yeah. Just right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I um I am what did I do this what did I read this week? I read Ready Player One. Um, that was that was last week, man. Come on. I know. Well I finished it. Alright. And uh so that was great. And now I'm all, I just finished Armada. The follow-up to Ready Player One. I mean, not really a follow. It's not a sequel or anything, but 
Yeah. Uh, written by the same guy. Great. Super fun. Um, super fun book. And so is um, this going to be your fictional year? It might be my fictional year. Um, and then I also started reading uh, the Neil deGrasse Tyson book you suggested last oh, week. Oh, good. What are you thinking? So what are you thinking so far? I'm a couple chapters in. It's good, man. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, I'm digging it. And uh, Astrophysics for dummies. Basically, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, so it's good. Um, and I'm still kind of chewing my way slowly through the whole wisdom of the Enneagram um, by, uh, by Rousseau and Hudson. And... Uh, just mind blowing, uh, pretty much every chapter. So it's good, super good awesome. stuff. So that's kind of where I'm, yeah. kind of where I'm living these days. Um, so, so Billy, what are you reading? Yeah, these Billy. Days? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess there's a variety of things. I I have an annual over Christmas binge that I do on fantasy or sci-fi. Mm-hmm. So this year I read the two books that have been released in the King Killer Chronicles. Um, so I read, I just finished the wise man's fear. Um, beyond that, I was, I was in Denver, uh, most of last week for the North American Academy of Liturgy. So I had a bunch of like session papers and things like that. I was reviewing, uh, and making sure my own, I was, I presented on some of my liturgical historical research. Nice. So, you know, good times there. And then I started this book called Endure, uh, just a two days ago by Alex Hutchinson. Make sure, hey Billy, so make sure you talk. You got it. These mics aren't the best. My lips are on it. Perfect, right. and you have to project a little bit more. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I should take off. There you go. That might that, that might be better. better. Yeah. Because I can hear myself. Yeah. Ex- exactly. On the top. No, nope, you're, you're good. Go with the Hutchinson book. We're we're one hot take, man. That's all we do. I'm gonna put them back on because I just yeah. Now there's so much background. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be afraid of being loud. We can always back stuff down. That's all. That's a concern. (laughs) (laughs) So bring us the Hutchinson book. If it's possible to get me up a little bit higher in the levels, yeah. Because I feel like if I start going too loud, I'll just start feeling. You're good. There you go. Uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'll be worried about. See, the good thing is you don't have to worry about anybody in here. They all love us. That that might be a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> well, they all love me. Cause, so uh, <laughs> for, for people who don't know, we're, we're in a place called Cream and Crumb, and uh, we hang out here every Friday and record these podcasts. And so, um, yeah, it's uh, – so Billy's – Billy's getting his his first taste here of of what it's like to record in a place where other people may overhear him yelling into a microphone. It's not my first rodeo. (laughs) (laughs) But I do want to make sure that everyone can hear me. Yes, perfect. (laughs) Perfect. All right, what what is this book? Uh, Basically, what it is, is it's an examination of the current research on human endurance. So nice. they're looking at uh, what allows athletes and other people to to endure uh, extended strenuous effort, and what can you sort of do to, or what's going on in your brain that yeah. kind of holds you back nice. from reaching your ultimate potential. So that's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. I like it. What's it called? It's called Endure. Endure. Yeah. Really creative title for a book on endurance (laughs) (laughs) i like it i like it very cool very cool well 
Um, we will have links in the uh, in the show description for all these books. So um, hopefully you'll check you'll, them out. Enjoy. Yeah, buy them from Amazon so that we catch uh, a little bit of coin and we will reinvest it back into uh, what we're what we're doing here. So we don't have a, a specific set topic for today to talk about. Um, today we, we've invited Billy to be here. We want to we want to promote Hope Clinic, um, and so we'll see. I guess where that conversation goes. Yeah. Uh, with 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 Billy, though, I know it's it's probably going to turn to to some good theology at some point. Um, but uh, I just want to I want to say where I first met Billy. Yeah. Uh, was at Cultivate Coffee and Tap House, which is right behind Cream and Crumb here. Um, Billy Billy. Uh, Aside from from the work he does at Hope Clinic as a huge coffee uh, connoisseur, uh, and uh, and for a good long while Billy Billy made my coffee for me um, and and was phenomenal. But what I loved about going over there and I and I was thinking about it this morning why why I'm not at uh, Cultivate very much. It used to be if I was if I was stuck at a point in my writing, I'd go over to Cultivate and it was like magic. Things would move and and for the longest time i thought oh it's just the ambiance here right it's the feeling of the place and then when when billy moved on to hope clinic it stopped happening and so what i realized uh was billy wasn't there anymore uh and and one thing when billy was there is if i came in and, and i was working billy would ask what's the sermon about and we'd have a conversation and even if what he had wasn't necessarily where I was going on that particular passage. It it helped to shake things loose, and I really I really appreciated that. Yeah, um, Billy, you uh, you went to North Park Seminary, correct? I did. Yeah. Uh, in Chicago. Yep. Uh, it tell tell us uh, yeah give us give us your uh, yeah, give, give us your CV. Yeah, give oh. us. <laughs> All right, so uh, I have probably too much theological education. I started out doing a BA at um, a small school in Southeast Michigan called William Tyndale. And uh, oh man, dude, that's so like this needed to be on Thursday because that is like such a throwback Thursday kind of <laughs> deal, dude. William Tyndale, good old William Tyndale. Wow, that shut down while I was attending. <laughs> so uh, you broke it. I broke it. I brought it to its knees. Um, Had a baby. They didn't know what to do with me, so they just sh- closed up shop. <laughs> so, all right, so we, I, I went to, my cemetery degree is from Michigan Theological, uh-huh. um, so we may have we may have s- shared a professor or two. It's very possible. It's very yeah. Possible. Interesting. Uh, so yeah, I started out doing my uh, BA there, and I had planned on doing youth ministry. I had I was working as a youth minister at the time, uh, but they sh- that shut down, and so I transferred to a religious studies program that Regent University was offering and they basically said we'll match your tuition, we'll match your scholarships and we'll buy you books. And you can wow. finish up online. What? That's so a win. I had pretty much had a full ride at Tyndale so I was like alright for education. Went off to Europe and finished my coursework in uh, coffee shops kind of bouncing around out there. That's so awesome. Cool. Um, fine experience there but not deeply uh, connected to the campus because I was just finishing up uh, in that way. I wound up a few years later getting my MDiv at North Park Theological Seminary or Cemetery, as you say. That's right. Um, loved North Park. It was a wonderful experience. 
um, wound up going to Washington, D.C. and got a, a, an MPhil uh, in liturgy and sacramental theology there, where I'm also completing my Ph.D. right now. Nice. Yes. Man. This is why. <laughs> see, because see, I had the similar experience, right, as, as Mike. Anytime I'd go into Cultivate, you know, you'd be behind there uh, making, hand, handcrafting delicious coffees. And you'd always, so what are, you, what are you teaching on this week? What's going on? You know, what, or what was the conversation on Tuesday night about? And, uh, dude, not now, n- see, I didn't know all that background. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. makes so much Thoroughly more sense. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, no. so what was the goal in all of that? I mean, are, are you, you're doing great work with Hope Clinic. Um, was that, was that the goal to, to be there? Were you looking at, uh, some type of parish ministry or what were you, what were you hoping to do? You act like there's a goal to anything, you know. <laughs> uh, well, sometimes you ha- sometimes you have at least a general trajectory. You know, I have a I have a mission, um, and the specifics of the mission are never clear. But I want to do is be able to empower people to be spiritually rooted in it and able to live lives of generosity out of the place of giftedness they're created and led into, and that can be done in a parish setting and I've done it in parish settings but also can be done by starting coffee shops or working in direct service organizations but the, the rooted thing it in all of it is uh, what is it that that I can do to help people uh, discern the next step in their life to be so faithful to their their calling if you will love it yeah. love it so basically what Billy's saying is he needs to be on this podcast probably every week because, <laughs> dude, one, he's smarter than both of us combined. Oh, Two, for sure. I mean, this is, I mean, this is why I think you and I, 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 I probably the three of us, kind of kindred spirits. Um, because I think in in a lot of ways we're all we're all pursuing kind of the same thing, and uh, yeah, you just kind of resonate every time we have a conversation. It's like. Yep, this guy, <laughs> this guy, we get it. I love it. Um, uh, when I remember one time, I'm there and I'm, uh, I'm, I can't remember what I was teaching. It was out of the Old Testament, is what I was preaching on that week. Yeah. And Billy asked, and and like instead of just like, oh well, this is what I think. You're like, well, hey, I have uh, a friend sitting over here who who's who's Jewish. Well, let's ask him what he thinks of that. Uh, and. So getting to meet new people and bring in different pers- it just it was a was a was a phenomenal ministry yeah. uh, that that you had going on there that I just uh, very much was blessed by. Um, yeah, well, I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Billy's kind of blushing, which is funny. <laughs> <laughs> I blush easily. Tell us about Hope Clinic. What? Where where is it? Who who is Hope Clinic seeking to serve? Give us a, a thumbnail sketch a little bit about about what Hope Clinic's all about. Sure. Uh, so what we say is Hope Clinic is a haven of hope and healing, and what that means is we're there to do basically two things. Uh, number one is serve people with needs, and number two is empower people to serve. And so. The specifics of how we serve people, I suppose, is important. We have a free medical clinic, a free dental clinic, 
a number of food programs, including a pantry, a uh, produce stand, uh, emergency food, and meals. Uh, and then we have what's called care and prayer, which is a catch-all for a number of other things that we do, ranging from social work, spiritual care, we have a laundry mat on site, we have diapers and wipes for our baby care program, things like that. So that's half of it. It's all the stuff that we do for our neighbors in need. And we're located uh, in two places, on the south side of Ypsilanti and in Wayne County, uh, sort of serving the, the, the Detroit metro area. Um, the, the second half of what we do is empowering people to serve. And that, I think, is really important as well. Because there's many people who may be fine with food and they have health insurance and all of that, but they, they might experience spiritual poverty where their life is very inward focused. And helping people recognize that they can join in to a story that's larger than their own, experience generosity, um, recognize that the gifts and talents that they have, the resources that they have, these are things that can be joined with others for a sort of greater purpose. Uh, that's what my team's all about, is empowering generous love in those uh, who feel called to mm. it. Love it, man. Absolutely love it. So is, so one of the big things that, uh, that I know a lot of, well, I, I hope and more and more churches are beginning to wrestle with and people of faith are beginning to wrestle with is kind of this whole question of... Um, the distinction between blessing and helping. And so how, how do you, how do you guys walk that line at hope to, to kind of, to kind of find that balance of, of, of helping people um, break out of maybe some of the systemic issues that, that they're, that they're under, that they don't necessarily have control of, but, but they're able to, but as you guys are able to walk alongside of them, you can help them kind of break some of the cycles and some of the different things. How are you guys doing some of that? So, you know, when it comes to the systems issues, uh, there are many systems at work. We have global systems, national systems, state systems, local systems, and personal systems. Uh, what Hope really focuses on is kind of a subsidiary model of that, uh, looking at who is the person first. And then what are the barriers that are in their lives? Um, before I moved back to Michigan, I worked for an organization called Bread for the World, which looked at national level and global level systemic issues related to uh, poverty and hunger. So I value kind of the approach from both angles, but I'm, I'm a subsidiarity guy myself. I really want to say who's the individual, who's their community, what's that support look like? Because there's no amount of federal programs that can by themselves uh, walk with a person. Um, those can be major assistances in helping them get there. So what we do at Hope is we have a uh, cultural value that we call seo buona. And it's, I think, a Zulu word, which means I see you. Mm. And it's a greeting that they would have rather than, hey, what's up or how yeah. you doing? It's a seo buona. Say that again. Sayubwana. Sayubwana. Yeah. Is that was that close or? Maybe. I'm I love that. And, and the response is, I'm seen. I'm yeah. Seen. So we say this is this is the approach that we want to have. When someone comes to the door, that we see them, 
not just see them, that we're waiting expectantly. Right. So what my morning prayer is every time I'm coming in the, the building is, let me have the heart of the prodigal father, which is seeking to restore whatever is lost yeah. in the person that's before me. Let, let me be waiting expectantly with a radical generosity that goes beyond expectation. Love it. So that's our approach. And so when someone comes through our door, we're able to see them and meet their needs. And if there's something that is broken that we can't meet immediately, which there always is in humans because we're complex people, right? then we ask the question, how can we walk with you? So that takes lots of different forms. And that's one of the reasons I love working with Hope is because it's not uh, kind of a federal program. We're free to do whatever we want, really. So yeah. that manifests in all sorts of things. We've bought people plane tickets so they can get out of trafficking situations. We, we, you know, buy hotel rooms so that kids can get off the street and we can respond in a minute. So I say that we're kind of like when people fall through the, the safety net, we're kind of there to make sure that they don't get smashed. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's kind of like ninja justice work. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Which I really enjoy. Yeah. yeah somebody yeah. who w- did really grass tops level uh, policy wonky type stuff when I was in D.C. Getting on the opposite end of this stuff, which is, you know, your direct service um, work is really I'm a pastor at heart. Right. So having access to real people and building real relationships uh, gets me a lot more excited than, you know, <laughs> Delivering uh, position papers <laughs> to <laughs> large groups of bureaucrats. So, so with Hope Clinic, you have you have some very specific, concrete things like the the free clinic and the free dental clinic and um, the food pantry type stuff. And then you have uh, the freedom within that structure then to to do whatever y- needs to be done, whatever you can do uh, f- to kind of tailor it for the individual. That's that's pretty amazing. Yeah, it really is. And and that's, I think, the power of having an organization like Hope, which uh, has a huge network of support, tons of volunteers, lots of people who are contributing and praying and walking beside. Um, I would say, you know, Hope is great because it takes so many of our faith communities in and allows us to be the brightest light uh, that we can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, because... And we also know the systems, too. So we don't provide housing, but we understand how the housing economy works here. So uh, we can put you in contact with the shelter or we can help you navigate the housing access system or whatever. Being able to be a sort of a knowledge base is really helpful, too. So we can provide services that are flexible. And we also know the ecosystem of care and how people can fit into it because it's complicated and sometimes overwhelming for somebody who's just trying to survive to realize, oh, there are like 18 bureaucratic hoops I need to, to navigate in order to get this service. So our social work department is kind of the glue that helps people figure out where they fit and all of that, too. Dude, that is – see, when I think about what, what, what the church can look like in the world, um, that – that that's such a perfect picture for me. Well, I'm, I'm I'm gonna guess too that that your volunteers and and people that work uh, through Hope are from all different denominational backgrounds. 
That's uh, I, I, when I dropped off the, the white elephant party stuff for the Christmas shop, um, I, I saw uh, uh, for sure. I, I mean, I heard people say, oh, yeah, we're dropping off from the Baptist church or we're dropping off from the Catholic church or wherever. All, all sorts of folks um, that can come around this, this entity that is, is doing the things that me as a pastor when I'm when I'm writing my sermons and preaching on Sunday, I'm like, this is this is the stuff we should be doing, um, and so to to see that and to to know that that's something we can be a part of uh, is a great thing. Yeah, I think it's encouraging to me at, at heart. I'm just deeply ecumenical, and so uh, I love the fact that on staff we've got evangelicals, we've got. Uh, Mainline, we've got Catholics, we've got Orthodox, Free Church, you know, the whole gamut. And we draw supporters from all these places, too. And it really is a thoroughly uh, Christ-centered place, but it specializes in that things that we can agree on, that, yep. that's that we encounter Christ in his, as Dorothy Day would say, distressing disguises. And yeah the the person who comes through our door and no matter what your opinion on the uh, cosmological c- constitution of the Lord's Supper or uh, you know w- which soteriological model that we should follow uh, we can all agree that the response of a Christ follower to a hungry person is to feed them yep so to be in a group of people that says you know we can we can tease each other about you know the th- the theological nuances. Right. We hold hands and we move forward together on this very clear and important thing of how do we embody and incarnate the presence and the love of, of Christ to the neighbor in need is huge. Absolutely, it's it 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 is huge, and it's and it's what I mean. It's what the body of Christ is supposed to look like. I mean, I look at a place like Hope Clinic, and I think it's probably about as close as we're going to get to the 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 things that we see in the New Testament, right? This whole the church at Ephesus, the church at Ypsilanti, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Hope Clinic is kind of the embodiment of that, and um, much more so than all the brick and mortar and all the other different ways that that we all try to quote unquote do church all over the place. But then there's hope. It's this. It's this place where the whole body is, is functioning as the body, doing what the body of Christ is supposed to be doing and really living out, you know, like what James says, a pure and undefiled religion, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's, dude, it's awesome. It's so I awesome. Think, I think it's helpful because when when people walk into to Hope Clinic, there is a specific focus, and it, that, that specific focus is on the other, on the person coming in. I think sometimes, uh, especially in, in the, the, the brick-and-mortar churches and the churches that have been established for a long time, when people walk in, uh, it's not a focus on the other. It's a focus on, uh, you know, uh, great-aunt Sally paid for that stained-glass window. Uh, and, and Uncle Marv, he, uh, he, he helped install those pews. And, and there's this uh, attachment to, to the thing, uh, to the building that happens that, that you don't uh, you don't have when you're walking into a place where you are consistently confronted with the reality of the other person, um, and I think that's and I think that's why uh, the church capital C can be the church in a place like that. Yeah, 
um, because it is most definitely not about the building, uh, and and you see that very very clearly. Um, so so Billy, if people wanted to partner with Hope Clinic, if they wanted to, uh, let, let's start with this way: if people wanted to partner financially with Hope Clinic, what where where do they go? What do they need to do? Well, I would say the easiest way would be to go to thehopeclinic.org slash donate to partner financially. Okay. Um, but thehopeclinic.org is a great place to start for learning more about the organization. If you want to volunteer, you can apply there. You can explore other options for service projects. So we have Sweet. a whole list of even things that you can do uh, as a church group that can support us whether it's, you know, how to go shopping for us or have a baby shower for us for our baby care program. or We try to come up with lots of ideas so that a small group or a church can say, we want to support Hope, and we'll give you a package of here's what to do. Yeah. Um, so even if you can't find time to come in and volunteer, you can still serve together. That's and awesome. I think that's really important is is learning how do we, how do we embody um, – sort of the presence of Christ as community uh, in Love serving it. others. So. So, so the key place for everybody, it, thehopeclinic.org. That is correct. Don't All right. forget the definite article. you got to have the definite <laughs> article. Oh, man. Billy, thank you for coming and hanging out with us. Thanks for uh, letting letting us partner with, with Hope Clinic. Um, I know uh, for our, our missional communities – it was um, this this Christmas was probably the most fun we have ever had um, with kind of our Christmas party kind of things that we do because um, for those of you that don't remember we did white elephant parties uh, with with multiple missional communities including Doubt on Tap and instead of just wrapping up random crap we got a shopping list from Hope. And uh, we played a game with where everybody bought stuff off the list, wrapped it up. We played this game, taught them a little. Taught there was a little bit of teaching there as far as you know, uh, poverty and different things. But it was it was an absolute riot. It was so much fun to to see Mike's SUV filled to the to the ceiling and overflowing with stuff. And it has. Yeah, it's it's been a blast, and we look forward to continuing to partner. It was a blast having you as a partner. Uh, my executive director came up to me a few days ago and goes, what is Doubt on Tap? <laughs> 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 I love it. <laughs> Going through all the letters of thanking different groups that had given over the Christmas season. Yeah. And I was like, you don't even want to know. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the executive director needs to come to Doubt on Tap. I think... I think I'll encourage him to do so. That's that would correct. be awesome. That would be awesome. Uh, Billy, again, thanks for coming on, and uh, we really, I, I really hope that you'll you'll be on again, and at some point we'll uh, we'll, we'll need to have you on and talk about um, your transition from North Park and kind of this whole thing to because now you you and your family attend a Catholic church, right? So I, I'm fascinated by that that journey too. So we'll have to have you on to talk 
uh, Protestantism and Catholicism I, and all that good stuff soon. I think I think uh, uh, denominational conversations might be uh, might be a good series. Maybe. Maybe we'll have to. We'll have to, yeah. We, we take a look at it. We'll shop it. Like we'll workshop it. You could. I <laughs> 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 love it. Uh, all right, man. Hey, uh, we we don't want to. We know you probably need to get rolling. Um, and uh, again, just want to thank you for for coming on and, and telling us more about what's going on with Hope. And uh, and we'll see you around. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Billy. All right. Hey, we are. Getting ready to do this down on tap after show time, right? What? What? Yeah. <laughs> why? Why are you <laughs> so confused by that? This is this is a first with the segmenting and the breaking. And I the know, right? So so we've um, so in between what you just heard with Billy Kangas and now there's been about uh, half hour forty five minutes yeah, of ex- except that usually the down on tap after show goes before the the simple theologian part. So I was gonna drop. Does it really? Yeah, I was gonna drop the down on tap after show in there where it belongs but now that i don't know if that we can but that could be weird because of the way we we segmented it through there there's just all there's it's it's called the the magic of editing michael oh all right garage band is a fancy deal so what <laughs> so, <laughs> so so now now i feel oh, like so, I, so I hang on so that. we're gonna have the first we're gonna we're gonna do the intro we're gonna talk about billy we're gonna have billy do his book thing and then we're gonna drop in doubt on tap and then we're gonna go back to that was the plan really Cause that's the flow. That's that's just choppy, though. It's always choppy. We're choppy. All right. But you, now we're not you, going. Now you, we're not well, going to. You know, you can cut this off, right? <laughs> I could. Garage Band is a fancy thing. You I can know, edit this, is, this piece. It's way more fun to not. <laughs> and just, and just leave it as it is, because that's us too. Oh man. So welcome we, to the Dot on Tap uh, after show segment of the podcast. That's right. That's right. Whenever it lands Whatever in it lands. the show. Hey, so Doubt on Tap happens Tuesday nights, 8 o'clock, at Cream and Crumb, which is located at? 44 East Cross Street in Depot Town in Ypsilanti, Michigan. And Doubt on Tap has four rules. First rule is we end in one hour. Second rule is everybody talks. Third rule, uh, everybody has to respect one another. And the fourth rule is there has to be a moderator, which is typically me, but occasionally we hand-select somebody uh, else to moderate. And what that really means is that... Dan completely forgot about it until the night before and then picked a topic neither of us really knows anything about, (laughs) and we want somebody else to deal with the questions. (laughs) Except that that there's a lot of work that goes into having somebody else moderate. Or, or, you've been hanging out with the beard all day and... Have had a few too many cocktails to. Uh, no, that's never really moderate. the issue. I it's, don't know. It's more just truly. It, it's more about um, the fact that I get super bored, always moderating, and so I really like it when somebody else does it, and I can sit back and just kind of chill out. So and snark at people. And snark <laughs> at people. Yes. So you've heard a giggle here, um, and uh, we have a special guest this week on the Down on Tap After Show, our buddy Ryan Thibodeau. He is the uh, he is the Dwight Schrute of of <laughs> the American atheists in the state of Michigan. He is assistant uh, s- assistant director here, uh, but I like to say he's the assistant to the director. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> because <laughs> bears are the biggest threat besides <laughs> religion to America, <laughs> bears beats. <laughs> and, and thank you as always for this is my third time in the show well, second so. time in the show the first time it doesn't count 
Yeah. It was your show with this bumbling idiot that had way too much coffee at your house. <laughs> but after that, I think that, I redeemed that myself. Was, that was every podcast we recorded That's at his pretty house, much. whether oh, you were there geez. or not. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so Ryan, tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about what you're doing with American Atheists, and then give us a, a thumbnail sketch of what the American Atheists are all about. Um, I am the assistant director, state director for Michigan for American Atheists. Um, I am um, brand new to it, and basically what I do is I, I go around and I help out other secular groups within Michigan. American Atheists has affiliates, groups that we work with, and um, I, um, I work with each group and you know doing different things with scheduling, doing things with um, getting them um, materials, information, speakers, um, just, inf- uh, just help. Um, American Atheist is a is a, a, a large nonprofit organization, but we have um, a lot of representation when it comes to um, legal um, legal issues. So, uh, you know, I I'm brand new to it, so I told these guys I have a pamphlet here I gotta <laughs> read from to make it to make it legit. So to make it legit, I'll just I'll just say that okay. For more than 55 years, American <laughs> Atheist has been the court system has been using the court system, outreach campaigns, and education to create a more secular nation where the religious rights of all Americans are respected, and where the government gives no special treatment to any one religious group. We work to raise the profile of atheists and atheism to encourage more Americans to be honest about what they actually believe and don't believe, and to normalize atheism in public discourse. Okay, I'm going to stop reading. But like I said, I, for me, one of the reasons I, I think that I kind of um, stepped up to this um, was because I, I wanted to um, help promote this in an ambassador style. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when you say American atheist, some people think about um, a very, uh, f- some firebrand atheists. And there are. My organization has a lot of firebrand atheists. And um, that can sometimes rub people the wrong way. And that's never been a, a good approach for me. I've always failed when I try that, <laughs> and I just don't. I just don't. I don't appreciate it. And I think um, so you can get more done, um, and you can come to an understanding with people outside of your belief system by you know being an ambassador. And so basically, what you're saying is whether you're a secularist or whether you're religious, the best way to get your message out is by not being an a-hole. Yeah, but <laughs> un- unfortunately, you know, s- unfortunately, a lot of and I can say a lot of atheists have been put into a position where they don't have a choice to be. Yeah. You know, they have to stand up for themselves. Sure. And um, you know, we've had a lot of that. We've had a lot of good court cases within the last years uh, on our side that help us. So with that, I kind of want to bring a new face to it where, you know, we're working alongside with the faith community yeah. to get a lot of things, positive things done in the community and and help those who are you know, have um, left of religion yep. um, or those people in the community that are still in religion that want to do something together yeah. as a community. Yeah. And so I'm all about that. So Very cool. I'm trying to, to get that going and, and meet with the secular leadership of around Michigan. We have a lot of organizations besides American Atheists, but um, I believe American Atheists is the largest nonprofit, the largest group, and I certainly the oldest. Yeah. Very um, cool. It, yep. Very cool. So... Uh, our topic this week at Down on Tap was uh, the separation of church and state, and we had a pretty wide-ranging conversation, and uh, that and is a big reason why we, wanted, we really wanted to have 
Ryan on is um, to get uh, to get his perspective and uh, to kind of chew through some of this together. Yeah. So and the and the conversation was was kicked off. We chose that topic uh, as a very uh, large umbrella, but it but it but it came to us because of the the stories in the news uh, this last week of. Uh, Congress people being sworn in on, on the, in the, all the different books yes uh, that they that they put their hands on mm-hmm. um, but for the for clarity's sake and I, and I, this was this was helpful one of the one of yeah. the guys around the table said you know the actual swearing in none of those things were used right right those were just for photo ops afterwards right yeah um, but it's still, it's still. I mean, it's it's what the public sees. Right. It's in so there's a there's a perception there, um, and so there were people who who uh, were sworn in on the Quran, on the Bible, on uh, the Constitution or a Book of Law kind of thing, uh, all all sorts of different things. And and the question was, it, does that visual? Um, I guess, well, I guess we're reframing it now. But does that? constitute a, a violation uh, of separation of church and state yeah was the question um now putting the reality out there that the swearing in happens with no book and that it's a photo op does the visual right it would would i, I think would be the question does that visual uh signify uh, a violation of the separation yeah yeah well and because it's it's making a, a very loud statement then sure. if it's if it is specifically for the optics and not about the ceremony of it, um, people are making very loud statements. Yeah, it yeah I think so I think it means more that sure. it's an optic thing, especially in our image-driven world, right? Yeah. Um. So so yeah, the conversation was was all over the place. It was wide-ranging. Uh, it was really it was a good conversation. Um, and we probably spent the the most amount of time talking about uh, uh, the nonprofit status. Right, we spent a good good chunk at the end there. Yeah, a good chunk at the end on that. Um, we talked about kind of the a lot. The m- I think the most that we talked about was um, do do our government representatives need to check their personal beliefs oh, right, yeah. at the door? Yeah, you know, so whether they're um, religious or non-religious, uh, you know, are they required? by this idea of separation of church and state to set aside their perspective on religion and non-religion and and seek to um, try to, I guess, in a sense, be objective, right, in in how they how they look at things. So so I'm curious just to get a what do what do you think? What do you think, Ryan? Do should or do you think for there to truly be separation of church and state? That religious, non-religious, wherever, whatever someone's perspective is on on that kind of stuff, that they need to check those things at the door to to really maintain that. Um, I think when, when Mike was saying when we use a bunch of different things like a, a Bible, a Quran, um, a uh, the Constitution, I think that actually kind of. Um, I think it does the opposite. I think it shows that we do we do follow the, the yeah. you know because we're not just representing one, and and no one said it must be a Christian Bible. Right. You can st- it doesn't have to be, um, and I think that's important. I think that was really important for um, the newly elected to do that to show that listen, this is the way that it's been done, but that doesn't mean that the way it has to be. And um, there's no legal precedent. There's no legal precedent that says that it has to be done 
in the Christian way or the Islamic way. We have, you know, and then I think, uh, you know, when someone gets elected, I don't think, like, for instance, you know, during the campaign personally, this is just my personal, um, you know, I voted for somebody who was religious and, and they weren't Christian, they were Muslim. But I understood that this candidate, that's what they believe, but that's not what they represent, and they wouldn't represent me as an elected candidate as a Muslim. They, yeah. w- they would represent me as a secular American. Yep. And um, so I think that I- if, if an, an elected official has a, a belief of faith, that's fine. Um, I don't necessarily think they have to change, they, they can check their perspective, because how could you really right. check? But at the same time, um, it's important for them to not necessarily check the perspective, but leave it out of any kind of governmental influence. Sure. Y- you know, um, if, if for instance, if you were an elected official, you know, n- n- I, I as a secular American wouldn't ask you to change your beliefs and say, right. you know, you should become a secular American. But I would say that that's fine for you in your personal life and your family but that doesn't represent me. Right. So therefore, that should not become an issue and you should never take a side. Right. You understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So that's absolutely. where I'm at. I, and I, I encourage the... the, the I, I think that's what got a lot of people was they were upset about the variety. Like, oh, yeah. how dare you? You're supposed to put your hand on the Christian Bible. We yeah. don't, which one? I don't know, but <laughs> that's a different story. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. well, why... This is America. Yeah. You know, this is America. Yep. And yeah. And I think that was, I think that's such an important thing. And this was one of the parts of the conversation that I loved that I really appreciated Tuesday night was, um, was being very clear about the, the concept of separation of church and state. Right. And the establishment clause in the Constitution and, and how the establishment clause isn't, isn't necessarily quote-unquote separation of church and state um it is it's, it's where i mean it's it's uh, th- there's th- it was born out of this i uh, this idea but the establishment clause being um being th- i think that the joke around the table was that the establishment clause was written before the wine came out um <laughs> because <laughs> it's because it's one of the you know clearest written clauses in the constitution and uh, then the wine clearly came out before the Second Amendment, um, <laughs> because that's a that's a that's just a mess. So you, um, so I thought that was a really helpful distinction, a good important conversation. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I think it's also important to to rep- to mention though that, um, people. People like to assume. Th- I hear the common argument. I know we talked about this before. I hear the common argument about, you know, what words actually appear in the Constitution yeah. and, and what don't. And and I, I find it funny that the side that says that the the words church and state, a separation between church and state, don't appear in the Constitution. Well, yeah. Well, neither does God or Jesus right. or Christian or right. Christianity or religion, I- except we're talking about not having. Established religion, not having an, uh, a, a religious test for the president. Yep. So I mean, it's 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 mostly about it, you know for me it's just b- it's just as much about what they don't say, right? What they do say, absolutely. You know, um, I, I hear that a lot. I hear a lot of um, baby boomers come at me on the internet with that. Um, <laughs> you know, th- it doesn't actually say it. Well, there's yeah. a lot of things it doesn't say, but we hold <laughs> as, you know, 
found, you know, firm constitutional right, established right. you know principles. Yes, yeah, exactly. Well, and that was I always like the um it it's funny I, I like to watch um some of my my friends head spin, particularly the baby boomers. Um when when you explain to them that the idea of church and state did not come from secularists, but it came from Christians. It came from a Baptist community in Virginia who were pissed off because uh, Virginia had established, I think it was the Episcopal Church, as um, as the state as the state church. Well, and yeah, and you have to understand historically, uh, as as people uh, traveled to to the New World from uh, from places in Europe like like England, uh, there. There, there was state religion. There was this, you know, uh, the establishment of religion. You and and people got in trouble when they dissented, and it was it was all s- sorts of messed up. Uh, and so, yeah, it would be very important for uh, uh, at that time the predominantly uh, uh, Christian religious folks to say, we don't want uh, the government to say this is the way it's going to be when it comes to to faith. Um, it makes a whole lot of sense, and it's and it still makes a whole lot of sense. Um, yep. I, I've had I you know we hear people talk about um, you know wha- uh, uh, we've we've taken God out of out of school, so so no wonder things are so bad at schools and schools get shot up and all that stuff <laughs> comes out when people uh, do that. And it, but the reality is, um, I love my kids' teachers. I don't want them learning about their faith from their from their uh, teachers that are supposed to be teaching them math and science and reading and and those kinds of things um you know when it when it comes to faith um they that's that's my area uh that's the area of the family and and where that family chooses uh to worship or not worship as as the case may be yeah um it's it's not um i went i went to a to a a, a private grade school a catholic grade school um well, oh, I had no idea you went to Catholic school. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man. K His knuckles K still bear the scars. K, K through 8. Um and and the there was a religion class. Oh yeah. And and it goes to the textbook and the curriculum, but it it was nothing I would have wanted my kids now as I think th- back through it. Nothing I would have wanted them to to go through. Um, and, and teachers who, uh, aren't, you know, uh, seminary trained or specifically trained for that type of teaching. Um, they're teachers who were taught to teach math and science and reading and social studies and, and then here, here's this religious textbook to, to, yeah. to use. Um, so questions, uh, went largely unanswered and, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, and, and you just were, were left, uh, feeling pretty empty about it yeah i think i want to i want to talk about what you were talking about though dan i think with the confusion between you know and the arguments start i think it's important to note that while we will recognize we do recognize that a lot of these things in in the united states you know started with the like for instance the the group of baptists yeah um it's important to also realize that and recognize that that wasn't started because of their belief in Christianity. Right. That was started because of their evolution of their morality. Yeah. That's what I would say because okay. of b- because of y- y- they had to take a look at because obviously 
what came before for thousands and thousands of years, we had Christianity and it didn't create secular governments. Right. You know, the Crusades didn't create secular governments, things like that. It came later. Yeah. I, and I think just from the, the evolution of the morality of, of, you know, people in the churches talking about what's, what's best. Sure. You know, and what, what kind of government do we want to live under? Yeah. You know, and yeah. what kind of freedom should we all have? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I think of it in terms of, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about, about you, Ryan, but I went, I went through a divorce in my early 20s. Um, and uh, I'm learning so much about yeah. today, man. I <laughs> yeah, and oh and and someone and hasn't uh, listened to the podcast. Yeah, so I, it's been a couple. <laughs> it's been, a, it's been uh, a couple episodes. <laughs> I know. I, I so so I, I I got I got married really young. Yeah. Got divorced really young. Um, but one of the things it taught me in that relationship was what I didn't want in a future relationship. Um, and so and so coming from. Uh, a, a, an established religion kind of country uh, uh, and then giving birth to a new country uh, you're, it's, it's that divorce yeah. it's that realizing these are the things we don't want right. um, in, in this new relationship um, which is why which is partly why and, and the wine thing is, is funny and all but, <laughs> but it's partly why I think that is so clear yeah. because um, at that point, religious um, oppression was so uh, pervasive and on and on everybody's mind. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that that when we're establishing a new government, a new country, a new nation, it's going to be something that is that is not going to allow for that that particular piece at yep. all. Yep. So, I know one of the things that you and I have talked a lot about, Ryan, is um, the Johnson Amendment. Yeah. And. Um, how uh how devastating it it would be for all of us for all of us for all of us if it's repealed yeah if it's pulled out absolutely um, it's so terrible give a give a quick for for somebody who has no idea what the Johnson amendment is just just give give a quick hey this is what it is so basically the Johnson amendment is to to put it simply it's an amendment that keeps churches from turning into super PACs Okay, it and how does it do that? B- by by basically saying if if you're if you're a church which is a five hundred three C five hundred one C three five hundred one C three my bad yep probably um, just like the American atheists yes probably yep in some ways except we don't have the the tax write offs that you guys do okay but that's a different episode yeah, right um, <laughs> it's actually not but let's go where we're going next but see the the Johnson Amendment basically says if you're going to be a, a place of worship. Then and you're going to claim those tax write-offs that places places of worship do, then you cannot establish you cannot accept money to establish candidates, um, you know politics and and uh, um, elections. That's the word. Right. Elections can't be um, run monetarily through your church. Right. Um, and so, essentially, it keeps the big money, the big corporations. Um, out of the religious institutions for um, yeah, because political otherwise, gain. otherwise you could see how religious institutions could become basically money money laundering places. Well, for right, and plus uh, they would candidates. plus then you would show up on a Sunday and be like, well, here's our new pastor, and he's running for this. That's and right. You got to vote for him, and then you know, 
now all of a sudden the 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 company that wrote this big check to your church is now telling your church, hey, this is your guy, and then yep. this is what you're going to do. And the we go down all the way around. A problem all the way all the way around. Yep. Not to mention that you know the the richest organizations, that, you know, rich organizations from outside of the U.S. can just funnel large amounts of money uh, to influence all companies of our and elections. governments from outside the U.S. Don't try to influence <laughs> the American elections. Definitely not Russia. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah, the, it, it, it protects us from turning churches into super PACs yeah. because it would be very unfair towards our political um, process. Yeah. And um, a and great it would way to kill the church. It would it would it would turn the churches into into big corporate. You know, it'd be a big corporate. Oh, we've schemes. already done that ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the church is doing a good enough job ruining itself. It doesn't need. Um, but I mean, this would the crush help. the smaller churches yeah, as well. It would, well. It oh would yeah. just destroy Absolutely. them, and that's just that's un-American. Yep, you know, that's un-American. it's un-American. Yeah. So this, and and I think I think one of the things that the Johnson Amendment does is it really does help maintain the establishment clause. I think it helps maintain. Separation of church and state because it yes it, it, it absolutely keeps, it kind of keeps the fingers out of the pot so to speak, um, right? And because and it you know you it wouldn't represent us all right, and the money would would crush it yeah you know absolutely unfairly and and towards whoever you I, and the the funny thing is for the people that advocate I always tell them well you you advocate because you believe you're going to be the one on top right, but are you sure your church <laughs> has the most money yep are you sure are you sure yeah, because that's the thing, right? Because at that point it becomes um, whoever has the most money wins. Yeah. And yeah, you know, and that's, man, that's, uh, yeah. And this this is where it's so interesting to me. Um, one of the things that I'm be that I see so much in in the Christian circles, especially in the evangelical wing of the of the Christian church, is. Um, this hunger and thirst and desire for power and influence. Yeah. And and so these all these conversations about oh, we need to get rid of the Johnson Amendment, all these things, it all comes back to a desire to control and influence and have power over, which is like the complete opposite of what um of what Christians are supposed to be or be about. Right. It's it does wait, 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 wait. Contradicted We're to not supposed to be about the acquisition of wealth and power. Uh no, Mike. I, I are know. You, are you sure? I you know. You didn't. You didn't I, make it through the Bible in a year. Well, this is true. But there could no. <laughs> there could be something <laughs> in there. I'm pretty sure. Um, I feel like there's something in there about uh, about not. But yeah. Hey, but these are. I mean, these are these issues though are one of the reasons that I I stepped up to the plate for American atheists yeah. is because I like to work together with guys like yourself, you know, people of faith and come together as Americans and go, what is really good for us? Yeah. You know, how can we, how can we achieve what we want as Americans and everyone stay, you know, true to democracy and whatnot. You guys get to go to your places of worship and do what you want to do. And I get to go home and do what I want to do when it comes to what we believe. Yeah. You know, what I, what it's so interesting to me is, um, the, the reality, right, that that it's because of the establishment clause that the the theist, the atheist, the religious, the secularist are able to actually come together and work together on on important things for right. for the good of of the country. 
Um, and it's it's kind of almost like, you know, when you have a uh, when you have a budget in place financially, right? And, and people are like, oh, I don't want a budget. It's gonna it's gonna handcuff me. Until you get a budget in place, and you find out that no, oh no, actually the budget is super freeing, be- because it's able to clearly say, well, I'm out of entertainment money this this month, so I gotta wait to go see that movie until next month yeah. or whatever. Like you're actually you actually have freedom to know what is what is okay and what is not okay, what is permissible, what is impermissible, and it, I think something like the establishment clause does the same thing, where it 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 some people look at it and go, oh it it's handcuffing us to being able to, and it's like, no, it's actually freeing us to really be who we are supposed to be, regardless of where we're coming at these, these ultimate questions of, you know, uh, th- that we all wrestle with. Right. I, I always amaze how a lot of times um, the, the message gets split, you know, sometimes between people of religion, how, you know, in one instance, we all, um, you know, the, peace and love and and community and then the next is you know power control power control it's like well what is what are you trying to accomplish you know it's 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 difficult i um you know i've been seeing it in the last couple um couple weeks uh just um you know people coming together and some people having the right reasons for coming together and some people just getting together to complain but um, there are people out there that are are atheists and secular that want to work with people of faith to try to get these things solved, yeah. to try to get everybody on the same level, yeah. on the same playing field. And that's that's huge. And it's just it's like what we were talking about. It's just sad to see that people are shocked by that, though. Right? You know, like that. Yeah. What an outrage! She didn't use the Bible or she didn't use the Quran. Like, well, yeah. This well, I, I'm I'm I the outrage is just ridiculous. Yeah people this is well we live in an outrage culture right that is Every, true we do live pissed yeah, off it's tough yeah, yeah it's tough and it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what side yeah. of the coin you're on I, it's, it's important though that's another reason i kind of jumped in here doing what i'm doing now because we just need to get that out that you know yeah. we can come together as a community we can disagree and but still get along we it, you know We've got to be able to see it from from different perspectives yep. and then i see it in, in you know and i see it more and more um, it, you know, this first there's outrage, some, you know, people that aren't used to seeing um, secular things or non-Christian, non-majority religious right. things. And, and slowly, though, it, people are starting to get used to it and people yep. are starting to open up to the idea that, hey, look, this is a place where we can all share our ideas yeah. and we can all get along with things in mind. And, and from what I've seen, you know, for like gentlemen like yourselves, a lot of the people that are... That are He's talking Gen- about you, yeah, gentlemen, and both, not yeah, me. I, but seriously, yeah, though, I'm I mean, the message, the message, you know, and, and the the cooperation, yeah. I guess, of the people that that I meet that are religious, yeah. you know, that when I see the cooperation, um, it really helps. It motivates me to want sure. to get to know where they're coming from yep. and how can I best understand, you know, what they think about me and how can I best try to convince them that, hey, look, you know, we're a lot alike in a lot of ways. Yep. Well, it's um, I, I told <laughs> I've told you this story before, I know, um, but in the, it was always fun uh, in the philosophy, my philosophy classes in college right. at CMU, right? It was always, you know, you had this modern, postmodern split in these, in, in philosophy class. Yeah. And, um, and it was always like, I was always the token Christian. Yep. And then 
the it was like me and the atheists in the room were always <laughs> on the same side because we were always the ones that were like no there is this like there is objective reality there is objective truth there are things that you know either you know i just i remember sitting there with, with my one friend he's like he's yelling he, he was yelling at this girl <laughs> and and he's like here's either God exists or God doesn't exist. It's not a, oh, I feel like God doesn't exist. <laughs> and, and, she's, and, and it was just like, I'm sitting there going, so me, so me and, the, and the atheists, we're on the same side on this. You know, like we're, we're, we're having, it was just, it was always so much fun. I, man, I can't even tell you, I can't even thank you both enough for doing the doubt on tap because I've been traveling around this whole month in yeah. December meeting secular groups and I've met a lot of great people and some some awesome people. Yeah. But sometimes I see these echo chambers and and for some people they love that. They love the echo chamber. They love to get together with their friends and and talk about how much they hate the religion or they love, you know, and yep. and that's fine. But uh you know, after these two months I really see such, you know, such importance for what you two are doing mm, yeah. because it's not an echo chamber yeah. and and you you have to, no choice but to listen to someone else's perspective and it, and you leave there and you may not continue to argue or disagree you may go home and go you know I don't agree with that person but you still listened but and you got your point across and it wasn't like everybody in the green room just agreed with me and I'm going to go home and go I you know we, we're all in agreement but right. you didn't really get a message out you didn't accomplish me as far as, far as i'm concerned now right. some secular people feel differently sure. and that's fine they you know they that's important to them to to oh oh sorry hit the mic but yeah. what i was saying was it's important for them to share how they're feeling because yeah. you know um not myself and you know this but there are other people that have left religion that have been um they they've they've been hurt or wronged in yeah, some way absolutely and so it's not easy for them but I I see the importance of doubt yep. on tap huge and and thank you both for doing what you do because it it's a way for people to really get these ideas mm -hmm. out whether you like it or not you're gonna get the idea out and you got to think about it yeah. well it's and huge it, and it's not just it's not just the idea uh, it's it's the reality of we're not on the internet yeah we're sitting down across from yes. somebody that we can see does yep. not have horns. Right. Um, is not a is not a troll. Is a real live human being with yes. thoughts and emotions yeah. and feelings, uh, who who we can connect with at yes. least on yeah. that. Um, one of my uh, we were talking earlier before we started recording about about uh, my trip to to Israel. Yeah. Uh, and I was I probably said it already, but one of the greatest experiences was sitting down to have dinner uh, with a Palestinian Christian family. Um, completely different culture. Uh, we had. Christianity in common, but there's right. still still different differences. Differences, yeah. differences. Um, but Influence to see, and everything, yeah. but to see how the dad interacted with his kids, yeah, um, speaking a language I didn't understand, mm -hmm. uh, but I understood the tone. <laughs> um, he, he was telling Some his kids, are universal, yeah, right? he was telling yeah. his kids, <laughs> it's time for the adults to talk, go play, yeah. Um, and he was saying it in Arabic. I don't. I don't <laughs> speak much Arabic, uh, but I knew because I've used that same tone with my kids in yeah. that situation. Yeah. When you sit down with somebody and you and you have that meal and you yeah. you see them face to face and then you have those conversations, it's not. It doesn't have to be adversarial. It's it's an exchange of information, an exchange of ideas, and it gives yeah. you something to think about. Yeah. That it. But it's not. 
It's not a, this person is out there yanking my chain trying to get me outraged. Right. Um, but rather, we're trying to understand each other. Yeah, it's a recognition of different ideas. Yeah. I, I, li- I like yeah. that a lot. It really is. Um, and, and it's just personally, I don't, I don't like going to echo chambers. I yeah. think it's a waste of time. But that's just me. So but I mean, I really appreciate. So speaking, speaking of <laughs> non-echo chambers that aren't a waste of time. Should we should we make our should we make an a, a, our big announcement? Yeah, for sure. You want to? Yeah. All right. So Ryan and I uh we are launching a new podcast and it is entitled TN Day. <laughs> yep. Yep, the atheist and the pastor. See where your mind or just the, the went. The theist, the theist <laughs> and the atheist, right? The, the, the theist and the atheist. The theist the atheist. T and A. T and A. And uh, we're the we're T and A podcast. That's right. It's coming soon. <laughs> we'll have we'll have more details. Um, yep. But it's uh, on anchor. On anchor. On yep, anchor. Yep. We're gonna be loading it up on anchor, which means it'll be syndicated uh, <laughs> all over the place. And I just as, as oh man, okay, I'm not gonna move. As a plug, I'm uh, getting ready to start season two of Atheist Perspective on Anchor. Nice. Coming Very up, good. I'll be a- um, anchor.fm slash Atheist Perspective. Perfect. And um, that's going to be uh, hitting some more tough topics. It'll be probably a little bit less street epistemology like, a little bit more uh, kind of, um, I guess, a little bit more controversial. Not too controversial, you know, but uh, a little yeah. bit more digging a little bit deeper. And um, hopefully, either of you guys could jump on and be a guest. Yeah, for sure, sure, man. Perspective, yeah, for sure. Great. Yeah, I'm getting ready to do that. Um, but uh, so busy right now. But now that the holidays are over, I'm gonna get it. Get it I'm gonna get sit get down and get it. Yeah, and now it. and my my new Twitch channel is going live in the next month. Um, and, that's and, and, and you are Mayor McCheese. Mayor McCheese, three E's and a Z. <laughs> Mayor McCheese, <laughs> Twitch TV. Um, it's an, uh, primarily an Overwatch gaming channel. Um, but we are th- one of the few that have a live musician, live drums while the game is going on, and I'm also wearing a giant cheeseburger on my head. That is awesome. <laughs> so there's that. So don't don't miss out. It's a Twitch original. Yeah. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Uh, so TNA will be everywhere soon, mm-hmm. and uh, we hope you'll. <laughs> Mike's Mike's turning red and dying <laughs> over here. So yeah, we hope that you guys will uh will follow T and A around uh anywhere on the <laughs> internet. <laughs> this is gonna be so epic. This is gonna be so this epic. This is so good. It'll probably be like two episodes where we'll be like, screw it. That's one done. of the greatest ideas so you've ever had, man. This is so uh, good. Yeah, this so this this goes up there with we should open a bar. <laughs> we should open a bar. <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway, if we do ever open a bar though, we have to steal everybody that works at Ollie. Yeah, no, for let's sure. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> nobody can make better cocktails than those guys. And, uh, yeah, so follow Ryan. Mm-hmm. We'll have his links to all his stuff in the show description. And, um, boy, I I hope that you'll come out to a doubt on tap soon. It meets Tuesday nights, 8 o'clock at Cream and Crumb, which is located at? 44 East Cross Street. And we hope you will join us. Also realize that if you come out to a doubt on tap, Cream and Crumb offers doubt on tappy hour. Uh, You're those welcome. Those of us that are wow. just a part of the conversation, we get a two dollar discount on uh, all the fun stuff that's up on the uh, up there for sale. So it's it's just awesome. That's so awesome. They have a they have a new one, the Rye Manhattan. Oh, that, uh, so good. Exceedingly good, and I think everything but the ice cube was alcohol in that thing. <laughs> yeah, it is actually. And I perhaps had three of them last night. Um, 
Wow. Uh, See, I had I had two on Tuesday night, and I was very happy for a designated driver. Yeah, well, you also have a stomach that's the size that's of true. an acorn. That's true. So, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not exactly the same as me and my big old belly. But um, anyway, guys, come out to Doubt on Tap. Come be a part of this conversation, and uh, definitely be on the watch out for some TNA <laughs> coming <laughs> soon. <Yep. laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna it's oh. never going to get old. Oh. It's never, never. going to get old. Oh, and man. the best part nope. is, um, so Mike's Mike's churches or one of Mike's churches has has decided to uh, um, to help, you know, uh, support the podcast. Nice, nice. And so I'm sure there's going to be somebody now who's going to be like, I should listen to this podcast, and this oh, will be the first one they listen to. This will be the to. first one they listen and, to. And all they're going to hear is me talking about TNA. Yep. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Uh, it's it's a good thing we're an itinerant appointed system. <laughs> That's or right. Get me fired. That's right. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, hey. Um. See. We'll hope to see you at Cream and Crumb soon. Thanks for listening. And uh, I don't really know how to close this thing off now. Um, really? Because. Uh, yeah. If you want to connect with us. Yeah, that uh, we got to do that. Check out, uh, uh, hit me up at, at @revmikeumc on Twitter. Or uh, me at Daniel M Rose. Uh, you can find us uh, on Medium at medium.com slash the, or no, select, blah, blah, blah. Medium.com slash simple dash theologian. Uh, I'm also on there as uh, uh, RevMikeUMC. You can just go to RevMikeUMC.com and you'll find my Medium page. Yep, yep. And, and you can go to DanielMRose.com to find my Medium page. See all the stuff we're writing and all yeah. the audio stuff from our we various and sundry podcasts. We really want to try to get that Ryan that writing have, on the, that on the have, publication. That have questionable names. Oh, writing. Writing, yes. Oh. Man, we want you to try to use some of your words. Assistant to the director. Of the American atheist. Oh boy, <laughs> that's asking a lot. I ain't so good at the, the English words. That's all right. You have all the best words. Yeah, yeah. yeah. make make, Ryan, make the words great make again. Make words great again. Yeah. That's right. Ryan, right, if people want if people want to want to touch base with you, your uh, yeah. your I am your Twitter handle the ogrt underscore right on the og underscore rt at Twitter. Um, that's also my Instagram. They can reach me at ryan.tipido at atheist.org. That's my email. Or just go to American Atheist and look under state directors. That's right. Look, look, look for, for the, the picture, picture of the big cheeseburger head. Yeah, that look, look that for the picture <laughs> of a guy that looks like Dwight Schrute loves bears and beets. <laughs> <laughs> hey, until next week, I'm Dan. I'm Mike. And we are the, the Simple, Simple Theologians. Theologians. Peace. You got to giggle. Actually, actually, what I got to do? Uh, can I do this? I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have my, my four-year-old listen. Yeah. Uh, her, her catchphrase, her sign-off when, when I'm leaving the house. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where she got it. We have no clue. She just came up with this. She says, "See you later, pine nut." <laughs> so, oh. see you later, pine nuts. <laughs>